0: welcome to the fox pro podcast brought to you by fox pro game calls hunting educated coyotes that's our topic of discussion on this episode i'm john collins welcome back to the fox pro podcast before we get started i gotta say along with all the coyote hunting we've been doing lately we've also been shooting quite a few fish if you're someone who loves bow fishing you need to head over to gofoxpro.com and check out the new Mudcutter cutter light kit The FoxPro Mud Cutter Light Kit is the most advanced and user-friendly LED bow fishing light system on the market. If you want more info on our bow fishing lights, head over to GoFoxPro.com. Now over the years, I've heard many terms thrown out there such as educated coyote, conditioned coyote, and call shy coyote. I've used those terms and I've heard several other people, people use them as well. Now, I don't know which term is the most accurate, but I do know that coyotes can learn from being hunted but there is actually several people out there that will tell you that there's no such thing as an educated coyote. I'm definitely not one of those people. Coyotes are a pretty intelligent critter, and I've got a lot of respect for them. And to think they can't be educated, conditioned, or made call-shy is just plain ridiculous. Now that being said, that doesn't mean a call-shy or educated coyote can't be called in they most certainly can. You'll just have to change things up a bit. A coyote can definitely be made more difficult to hunt, but not impossible to hunt like some may believe. First things first, we've got to define what an educated coyote is and what actually educates a coyote. How I define an educated coyote is a coyote that has had a traumatic experience while being hunted and in return has learned from the experience. In my opinion, the worst thing that can happen is for a coyote to smell you while you're calling. Whether it be before you start calling, during, or after. For example, if you've got a coyote laid up downwind of you and you start calling, well, your hunt was over before it ever got started. And it's a good chance that coyote has been made call shy of the sounds that you played. It's possible that he now associates those specific sounds with danger. Another example are coyotes that have circled downwind and you weren't able to get a shot off on them or get them killed. You know, actually, you need to get them killed if they're going to get downwind of you. That's why we say it's so important for you to be able to shoot your downwind side while coyote hunting. And then probably the most damaging is a coyote that has been called all the way into the Fox Pro, practically tackles the call, gets a nose full of your scent, and then you mag dump on that sucker as he's running off without ever touching a hair. I guarantee you that coyote has learned a valuable lesson, especially if he was all over the call just to find out that the sound coming out of it was false. And then he got shot at. That's a pretty traumatic experience for a coyote. Being seen and heard can have a very negative effect. If a coyote watches you make your way into the stand, watches you walk out there and place your call, watches you walk back, get set up, settled in, then you start calling, guess what? That coyote ain't gonna come to any kind of sound that you're going to play. He already knows it's you out there. Whatever sound you play on that stand, again, it's possible that he will associate those sounds with danger, resulting in an educated coyote, conditioned coyote, call shy coyote, or whatever you want to call it. If any of these type scenarios occur, lots of times what happens on your next trip in, you're going to be met with a booger barking coyote. Now you might be asking, what in the world is a booger barking coyote? Well, it sounds like coyote challenged barks and howls, but it's repeated over and, over and over and over and over and over and over again. There's nothing worse than when you start calling, seconds into a stand, and a coyote starts booger barking at you. Guess what? It's a pretty good chance you ain't going to call that coyote in on that hunt. He already knows something isn't right. That's the reason he's doing that. Every coyote hunter that's ever hunted long enough has experienced this. In my opinion, if you hear a coyote start booger barking, just end your stand. End it right then and there. There's no sense in playing any additional sounds trying to get that coyote to break. What you're doing is just taking the chance of further educating that coyote. Now that being said, I know all too well, it's pretty hard to walk away from a coyote. And there is a chance that you could do something that would make that coyote break. You know, you might hit the right sound that triggers him and and he actually comes running in, you get a good shot opportunity. But the chances are actually pretty slim. If you believe you have educated a coyote or a group of coyotes, then it's time to change things up. Repeatedly going back into the property doing the same exact thing over and over and over again is a huge mistake. Like sitting in the same exact spot every single time to make your coyote stand, playing the same exact sounds and sequences every single time at the same exact volumes. You have got to try something different. What you've been doing has not been working. It's time to change things up and see if you can't get those coyotes called in. i will give you guys a few suggestions that you might wanna try in the future on educated coyotes. Might pay off for you. Number one, try hunting those coyotes at a different time. Say you messed up on those coyotes in the morning. Maybe try them in the afternoon sometime or at sunset or vice versa. If you messed up on those coyotes sometime in the afternoon or on a sunset stand, try them in the morning. Try a sunrise stand. Try mid mid-morning. Another great option is try them during midday. Uh, we got a good friend, uh, Mark Larice down in Tennessee that loves making midday coyote stands. You know, he'll go in at 11, 12, 1 o'clock, right there in the middle of the day when the sun's up high. What he likes to do, if he, if he knows where some coyotes are at, he'll he'll get the wind right, slip in there on those coyotes, get right in their bedroom right there with them, and get to calling and usually kills them within a couple minutes. It's an awesome tactic. Um, another option, if your state allows it, try them at night. Uh, coyotes are very susceptible to being called in at nighttime and, and just in the same thing for a night hunter if you're a night hunter and you got a group of coyotes it's uh, just been whooping up on you try them during the daytime do not be scared to make a daytime stand trust me coyotes can definitely be called up during the day i do it every single week number two make it easy for the coyotes to come to the call just like we was talking about with mark Larice, if possible Set up closer where they lay up. Get in there and crowd them as much as you can. Make it where they've almost got to come to you. Another option is give them an avenue to approach downwind. If you can make it easy on a coyote, you know, if you can give a coyote a l- just a little bit of wind to work with, it seems like they tend to call a little bit easier. The big thing to remember in those situations is you have to be able to kill those coyotes before they get to where they can actually smell you. You've got to be able to get them killed. Number three, try different stand locations on the property. Sometimes all it takes is calling from a different spot, even if you only moved a short distance from your normal stand location. Little moves like that can pay off big. Number four, this one can, this one can really pay off, especially if you're hunting ground that you share with other coyote hunters. Um, and that is try not using the most popular sounds. <laughs> now, I, know, now I know that might sound crazy, but listen. Everyone knows how effective sounds like pup distress number three, coyote pup screams, coyote pup 314, cagey cottontail, Mrs. McCottontail, MFK table scraps, pound town, and the list goes on. You know, all those sounds that we're always talking about. It, it It's almost a guarantee that the more famous sounds, those sounds that we're always talking about on Facebook, Instagram, and on this podcast are being played by every hunter that's going in there and calling those properties. I tell you what though, there's many sounds out there to consider trying that might not get as much airplay that could really pay off in a big way. It might seal the deal on a call shy coyote. Fawn distresses. Fox Pro has one and a half dozen different deer family sounds to choose from and MFK has a handful more that you can throw into the mix. Bird distresses. Bird distress is often overlooked, but are extremely, extremely effective. Fox Pro has around 80 different bird sounds, and MFK has around another 15 more. That's like 100, close to 100 bird sounds that you can be throwing out of your Fox Pro that could be calling coyotes in, that you might be looking over as well. Fox distress sounds. I've called several coyotes in over the years on various different fox sounds. Platinum gray being my personal favorite, again, Pro has close to 30 different fox sounds and mfk adds another half dozen to that list squirrel distresses those are definitely some sounds you don't hear much about but they can be killer especially when calling close to the woods or when when you're wanting to crowd those coyotes to get right there in the woods with them jackrabbit and snowshoe sounds lots of times when coyote callers are thinking of rabbit sounds they're thinking cottontail hey I'm one of them. I love cottontail distress sounds. I'm very cottontail distress heavy in the fall and winter months. But don't sleep on the jackrabbit and snowshoe sounds. I've had some awesome call-ins on playing different jackrabbit and snowshoe sounds all across the country on coyotes and bobcats. I've even called fox to them as well two of the three biggest Bobcats I've ever caught up came to old school Fox pro Jackrabbit distress and Fox pro snowshoe hair HP raccoon sounds, man, that that's a sound that I, I don't play a ton, but I've heard many stories from MFK's Tory cook about them going in, calling for raccoons and using raccoon sounds. And guess what? They have coyotes running in and get them, get them killed. Um, my good friend Jeff Ryder. That's one of his secret weapons. He's always talking about mixing in some coo- raccoon distress and raccoon fights and stuff like that to get uh, educated coyotes to come in coyotes that are hung up to get them, you know, to get them to run on into the call. He loves them. Might give raccoon sounds a little bit of a try. Last group of sounds that I'll mention are new sounds that hit the market. If you've got some brand new sounds that coyotes have never heard on your Fox Pro. It can turn those call-shy, educated coyotes back into hard chargers. Number five, another tactic that can pay off is calling quieter and using pauses. Listen, if, if you're somebody that is running your Fox Pro in, say, um, the low 30s or high 20s most of the time when you're calling, dial it back a little bit. Try the high teens and low 20s. It could make all the difference in the world. If you're somebody that never pauses your call, maybe start mixing in a few pauses. Just something that busts up the monotony of how you call might trigger those coyotes to come on in. Or if you do make pauses, run your call constant. Or if you make pauses, maybe space them out a little bit further. Another, another great tactic could be to take advantage of fox pitch on your Fox Pro. Fox pitchs Fox pitch is one of those uh, features that we don't talk much about, but man, that's a cool feature right there. You can actually change the pitch of every sound that's on your Fox Pro right there. I mean, you can make it a higher pitch, lower pitch, whatever, it kind of turns into a whole new sound and that could be all it takes to have an educated coyote come on in. Number six, and the last one I'll suggest. If you share ground with other coyote hunters, it may pay off not to use the ewes, the most obvious stand locations if you hunt a piece of property that you know other hunters call and there's that perfect i mean absolute perfect pristine beautiful calling location that you know every single coyote coyote caller in the world if they come in there they're not going to pass it up that's where they're going to be calling from walk right by that spot find yourself your own calling location You know, walk by that spot that you know that people, you know, if they come in there, brand new spot you're going to hunt, they're going to hunt. They see this little high spot in the field that looks down over this little valley that's you can see every coyote running in from every direction. Pass that spot up. Go find another spot past that, and it could make the difference. Little things like that can make the difference in a dry stand and a successful stand when you're talking about educated, call-shy coyotes. In my opinion, the number one best medicine for an educated coyote is to give that coyote or group of coyotes a pretty good break. Give them a good stretch of time on that property without being harassed. Now I know it's a lot easier said than done. I, I'm, I can be the world's worst about pressuring coyotes too much and, and, and just keep going back and hammering them. But giving those coyotes some time can really pay off. If I happen to mess up on a set of coyotes, I like to give them a good break and then try hunting them in a total different time of the year. For example, if I screw up on a coyote or coyotes in July, I'll leave those coyotes alone until October or November. If I mess up on them in the fall, I'll wait until the breeding season before I try them again. If I mess up on a coyote in a breeding season or or a group of coyotes, I'll leave them alone until the denning season. When I do go back in after coyotes after I've screwed up on them, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use a total different set of sounds, and I'm going to make my stands from a total different location, from a total different spot on the farm, as if the train allows. Now it's time for a hunting story. I'm going to tell you a story about a particular pair of coyotes that I had hunted a couple seasons ago that I messed up on in early summer. And then went back in late fall and got them killed. All right, it was late June, and I had a pair of coyotes located in a large draw system. It's a deep hauler with a crop field ridge on the north side and a pasture ridge on the south side. My wind direction for the following morning had quite a bit of south in it so I decided to call from the crop field. That field had been planted in corn which was about chin high at the time just a little bit less than knee high. There's a small pond right out there in the middle of that field. It has Several saplings kind of just grown right into the pond dam. It's one of those places you can actually sit on top of the pond dam and not be silhouetted. The the saplings were tall enough to give you a good backdrop. And it's just a nice little elevated position to call from. You can see really well from there. I started my standoff with Fox Pro's Female D-Pals. Waited about two minutes and went right into Ten Town Pups. I must have been set up right on top of those coyotes because in no time I got a pair of coyotes right out there in the field with me. Both run up to within, I don't know, something like 40 or 50 steps of the X-24. Now, like I said earlier, that corn is just tall enough where I can only see the neck and head of these coyotes. You know, it's it's a little bit less than the knee high. So I knew I was going to be able to see the coyotes in there. I just didn't know how much. And sure enough, all I could see was their, was their head and necks. I settle in there on them. I shoot. One coyote drops out of sight and other coyote burns off in the same direction it come from i'm thinking i got a coyote on the ground right and i'm pretty confident i can call that second coyote back up so i start hitting my presets i start running through a few fights and pup distresses pound town table scraps den heist, pup three coyote pup screams nothing second coyote never comes back never see it again so you know it's early in the morning i figure i'll make a few more stands so i jump up go to collect my coyote guess what sucker ain't there He ain't laying there nowhere. I search all around, and all I find is a couple small drops of blood on the corn, you know, right there where the coyotes are standing. We were filming that morning, so I went back to the camera, jumped on the viewfinder, and played it back so I could see where I hit that coyote. I practically missed the thing. I'd shot high and dead-centered its left ear. All I'd done was give it a good ear piercing. Now, that holler holds coyotes every single year. It's one of those spots that coyotes just absolutely love, so I was pretty confident that coyotes were going to stay in there. I tell you what, I was tempted to go try them again on several different occasions throughout the summer, but, man, I I talked myself out of it. I made myself hold off. I wanted to give them a pretty good break and give them till sometime up in the fall before I tried them again. Well, finally, the first week of December rolls around, and guess what? We're hit with an early dusting of snow and a cold north wind, you know, some of that perfect calling weather conditions, and... Man, I was itching to get out and make a coyote stand, and I knew the exact spot I wanted to call from. It was time to see if I could get some revenge on my cornfield coyotes that I screwed up on back in June. This time, with the north wind, I was able to call from the pasture ridge side on the other side of that holler. On the pasture side, I have a little cluster of locust trees I like to call from. Right up on top of the bank and about 150 yards below them, below that cluster of trees is a small draw that runs up into the field from that deep holler that holds the coyotes man i had that june coyote stand burned into my mind and i remembered exactly which sounds i'd played and i knew i wanted to stay away from those and play something totally different right before sunset i ripped out a set of c5 young coyote house gave a pretty good pause about four to five minutes maybe even six minutes and then went right into cagey cottontail decided to play some prey distress at about 50 percent volume just a couple minutes into Cagey, her comes a coyote right out of the right edge of that draw. Comes right up there, gives me a good shot opportunity. Got a coyote down with a center punch. I immediately hit Nutty Nut Pup in my presets. And around a, about a minute later, I have a second coyote come running in. This coyote come from the left side of the draw. It runs right up there past my call. I mean, it actually ran right past it, which I had muted, muted the call, trying to get it to stop, and it finally stopped after I whooped at it guess what i got a coyote double land on the ground i had just cleaned up that pair of coyotes i'd messed up on back earlier in the summer now is it possible i could have called that pair of coyotes back up sometime throughout the summer yeah it's it's definitely possible but it's also possible that i could have put a little too much pressure on them and then turned those coyotes into what i would have called call shy or educated all i can tell you is what i did absolutely worked I gave those coyotes a five month break, hunted them from a total different stand location on the property, hunted them with a total different wind direction, hunted them at total opposite times of the day and gave them a different set of sounds. Now you're probably wondering, how do I even know if it was the same pair of coyotes, right? Well, guess what? That big male had a dime size hole in his left ear. I got revenge on my pair of coyotes that I screwed up on earlier in the summer. In closing, it's best just to prevent from educating coyotes. <laughs> now, I know it's a lot easier said than done. I do my fair share of educating coyotes myself. I do it every single year. It just happens. Nobody is immune from it. If you if you hunt enough, it, it's just going to happen. I tell you what, your number one chance to kill a coyote is on your first attempt at calling at them. All right, Make it count. Use your woodsmanship. Make smart coyote stands. Be mindful of your approach going into a stand. Make sure you're always hunting the wind. That's crucial. Always keep that at the top of your list. Be proficient with your shooting platform and kill those coyotes that you call in. Don't let none of them escape because guess what? They probably learned. They probably learned from that call in. Space out your stands on the properties that you hunt. Run proven sounds and sequences that match the time of the year. The good news is, There's two events that happen every single year that tends to reset the crazy in a coyote. That's denning season and breeding season. Seems like you can mess up on those coyotes throughout the year, and then when those two seasons hit, the crazy gets reset, and they turn back into very callable coyotes. No matter how elusive and call shy they previously were. We hope everyone enjoyed this episode, and we hope you join us again right here on the Fox Pro Podcast.